In just a minute, I'd like to introduce you to Chris Cashman. Chris is someone who took my, Mark Helms, Quick Start Self-Storage Boot Camp a couple years ago and like to do an interview with him and I'm not a very good interviewer but you can meet Chris and see what he's done in the self-storage business. My name's Mark Helm. I'm the author of Creating Wealth Through Self-Storage and I'm the creator of the Quick Start Academy Self-Storage Boot Camp. We have a live virtual boot camp coming up November 7th and November 8th. And whether you're in the boot camp or not, I just wanted to have you meet someone other than me who got in the self-storage business as a small investor uh, and has had some success. I think you'll be amazed. I have never done as many transactions in a one-year period as Chris and his partner have and you'll hear more about that in just a second. You can find out more about the upcoming boot camp if you're interested. It's my four-phase strategy that's designed to take you from wherever you are now all the way to putting your first or your next self-storage facility into service in today's you know, weird environment with rising interest rates and low cap rates still. So we'll talk about the strategies that we're using that people like Chris are using today to be successful at getting in the self-storage business. You can find out more about it at the link below. But what I'd like for you to do in this interview is pay particular attention to not so much the exact things that Chris did, but who he's being, how his, what he has his attention on. I say this a lot, it's important to know what to do and you got to know what to do to be successful in the self-storage business or any venture. But knowing what to do does not guarantee anything. There's a lot of people who know what to do who aren't successful. Listen to who Chris is being and what his attention on and some of the characteristics that he focuses on that make the difference between getting in the self-storage business, not getting in the self-storage business, being successful or not being successful. I think you'll find it interesting. Let me introduce you to Chris Cashman. I'll see you at the end. Being here, I'd like to introduce Chris Cashman. Chris is someone I've known for, I don't know, two or three years now and has done well in the storage industry. And before we kind of get going and get specific, Chris, tell, tell us a little bit about uh, your background and why self-storage. Sure, Mark. Thanks for Thanks for having me on. I love sharing this stuff with, with you and, and anyone else. Background is I grew up in Connecticut to high school in Newtown, uh, a little bit of military, five years in the Coast Guard. I got injured my back, went to college during the Coast Guard and after, majored in finance, minor in e economics, went into the asset management um, arena. I ran a very, very small hedge fund out in California for a bunch of years and then did some separate managed accounts. First real estate was when I was 20 years old, I bought a duplex that was horrible <laughs> um, in, in Warwick, Rhode Island, where I was uh, stationed in the Coast Guard. So I was in real estate in the beginning. My grandfather was in real estate and it kind of, some people just kind of passed that down. So you kind of get the, you get the itch and you kind of 
get involved in it. You get excited about it. You do everything wrong and then you move on. So I had read, I read a lot. I read a lot of books on real estate. I dusted a book off uh, written by David Lindahl as I was moving away from separate managed accounts. And uh, it just hit me. Emerging Markets was the name of the book. And uh, long story short, it's the multifamily asset class that I honed in on. So it was the multifamily asset class that was uh, that the book was relating to, but specifically emerging markets, which I really honed in on. So that was a really good, really good uh, asset class. Things were going well. And then, as you know, COVID hit. Let me back up. Prior to COVID, uh, David Lindell's brother, Jeff Lindell, was into self-storage and and um, he taught some stuff about it. And I never really uh, got it a whole lot. And um, something triggered a while ago before COVID I wanted to branch into this asset class and I researched a bunch of stuff. That's when I got in touch with you and your courses and all. There was something that triggered me. Don't remember what it was. Got involved with you and and, um, read a bunch of books, everything you can find on self-storage, which um, thanks for being out there. There's not much out there, um, but um, I really enjoyed the book. From there, I got into the boot camp. Meanwhile, to finally get my first asset. But like you said, I've been successful in it. Once I got that first one, um, all of the work, the groundwork that you've taught me that I laid out all of the stuff for started to pay off. And then it just, it kind of steamrolled. And that was probably, again, I started before COVID. So whatever that puts me at two years of this now, I guess three, two, two, yep. a little over two. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so just to kind of get it out of the way, if people are looking, uh, I'm sitting down here in Florida uh, out on a deck on the seventh hole of the Lynx golf course. You're in your RV and where are you? I, uh, <laughs> I just passed through another time zone, which, which got me confused. Of course, that was easy to do. I'm in Western North Dakota, uh, about to bounce down South towards Salt Lake city to meet my, uh, my friend, uh, Terry in um, Salt Lake city area. And I'm sitting at uh, fat fish brewery. P-H-A-T. So it's a harvest host. They allow us to stay here. And as long as I buy a beer and a pizza, I can stay here for free and enjoy the parking lot. So I'm traveling around the country looking at our assets, literally. So it's a it's a work work vacation, I guess you call it. So I went up into Minnesota, did a canoe trip for eight days with one of my partners and a friend. And then I'm coming out to meet Terry and then we're going to be doing some networking. I'm meeting some investors in California and some partners in California as well. Now we'll meander down south and hit Texas. And I've got a lot of properties in Columbus, I mean, uh, South Carolina, Georgia, and a little bit of North Carolina. Uh, what, tell me about uh, your first self-storage deal. And then how many have you gotten into? And maybe about your partnership with Terry. Sure, sure. Okay, so I'll, um, I'll start with my first self-storage deal. It's kind of a funny one. I had another partner from... The, the multifamily class. So he was really tuned into self-storage and that shift of that asset class thinking. So he really latched onto my ideas. And so he went out and started to find deals for us. So he found this deal in Murphy, North Carolina called Renegade Storage. And uh, that's still, we kept the name, it's still there. And he sent it to me. And, you know, Mark, the way you teach the different tiered markets, you've got your, you know, your Boston and your LA, and then you go down to, you know, first tier, and then your Oklahoma City might be a tier three. This is Murphy, North Carolina, I would call it a tier five or six. So, you know, the basic stuff, and you and I have had these chats off, you know, off the subject kind of chats about demographics and the industry norms and industry rules of thumbs and 
you know, we're both kind of reviewing that data and sometimes even questioning some of it. Um, that being said, this was out in the middle of nowhere. It's in Murphy. You can look it up. There's a population of, I have no idea what it is. It's small. So I kept telling Mike, Mike, this is great. Thanks for sending me this, but there's no way in heck I would buy something way out in the middle of nowhere. You know, you got no population and I'm, I come from, you know, uh, the, the, the economics background where I'm looking at all the things that you teach. In addition to that, I'm looking at the labor statistics. So I want, I want high population. I want jobs growth. I want all these things that drive, the, you know, these are the drivers of what we do. So I kept telling him no. And he said, you gotta, you gotta look at this thing. You really gotta look at this thing. And I'm like, and it's my first deal. I've put in plenty of offers before this. So I was really, really, really hesitant. And he kept nagging me. I said, all right, I'll look at it again. And I look at it again, and, and, you know, when you're new, you don't, I mean, you're looking at it, but you're teaching me what to look at, and now I'm looking at it, but I still really... See it, you don't see it. Yeah, no, you don't see it, exactly. You don't see anything, because you're just trying to think what you teach me and the rule of thumbs, and it's it's not playing out. So so I kept drilling down, and I said, all right, fine, let's 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 drill down, let's get Bobby on the phone, and uh, now I've kind of teamed up and partnered with Bobby, not in, a, not in a, the literal sense, but I kind of treat my players around me as teammates and partners and bobby moss is my um my broker that he left his firm and kind of said hey i want to work with you guys and that's an, an informal partnership i'll call it so now he's become a friend of mine and i work closely with him he's he was the broker on the deal and it was through his firm so so we we i was just really hesitant so i come from i'm a pretty good negotiator so i just kept beating him up on price because i wanted to tilt the scales in my favor in case I'm wrong on these numbers. <laughs> so we ended up getting the deal and contract. We bought the deal. We closed on the deal, brought in our third-party management, met on site, met the seller, Rick, who ironically is now a friend of mine and invests in most all of my deals since we've met. It was a great win-win transaction. He had two partners that he wanted to get out of. So bought the deal, I think, February 1st of 2021. We closed on it. I immediately expanded it. All we do is expansions and conversions. So this was an expansion. And we're in the process of expanding the the second and final phase of it. It's really going crazy, to be blunt. It's off the charts. Everything's off the charts. The rent that we thought how, we're how big get. How big was the facility when you bought it? And how big is it now? So I think it was about 22,000 when we bought it. It'll end up being probably 60 when we're done. We're really focusing on climate control. I mean, just the basic stuff, everything you teach. And then all these mom and pops, they're all doing non-climate control and no auto boat, uh, which I give credit to my uh, another seller that I now work with again. He's an architect slash GC for me. And I give him the credit for that 12 by 30 with electric and a little light in there for the boats and the bass boats. And so the people don't have these other products. So what I'm learning I'm taking everything you taught me and, and saying, okay, this is the basic foundation of what I'm going to do and implement. But what I found is it's it's just a real easy shift to just to drill down on what's going on out there. All these mom and pops in these tier four and tier five markets, you look at it, it's it, it's either got a fence around it or it doesn't. It's got, you know, it's got climate control and some parking, uh, some lines, some painted lines. That's it. So you buy these things and expand them. It's a real easy process if you duplicate it and really drill down and understand the basics of it. So that's been my little, I call it a f uh, precision focus. And that's really all I do for an expansion. I mean, it sounds simple, which I can drill down to any level that you want me to, but that's really what I did at Renegade again. And uh, they, they had a great um, product there. They were dramatically underpriced and undermarketed. 
and underutilized. So yeah. uh, I went in there and just expanded it. I uh, brought in some box wells, brought in some climate control units and expanded things. If you apply what you're taught in the courses, but mark your classes, that big thick book that I have. And if you literally apply the stuff that you learn in the courses, you can buy an asset, have stuff go bad and kick butt. And what I mean by that is Renegade is absolutely kicking butt. The investor returns over three years will be somewhere between 50 and 100%. And anytime you want to circle back on that, I'll give you the full-blown numbers to the T. Uh, but right now, that's what we're projecting. The What I meant by you can buy something, do what you're taught, go out and implement what you're taught, and then things can blow up in your face. You'll still have success because of the basics, the basic skills. So DOT after we bought it, comes through and says, hey, we're tearing, you know, I had all this covered parking planned right before I started to pull the trigger on it because they all demanded it. I, you would pull in there and see the guy in the class ARV and he says, hey, and he goes, oh, yeah, great. I love this place. It's great. But man, I wish you guys had covered parking. I said, well, we're building some right over there. And he goes, I'm in first one. I don't care what the price is. So we started building covered parking and um, DOT comes in and says, hey, we're widening this road. And then they put in all these little stakes it's so funny because they put in these stakes where they think they might take from me and then they put in the stake where they know they're going to take from me it all changes months later we we immediately got um a, a dot attorney and then i'm a delegator mark so don't ask me about dot i delegated that to a dot attorney and that's going well so what i meant earlier about things can go wrong is you know, we were going to build covered parking. Well, DOT came in and changed all that. There's a lot of insulation in the basic skill set that you're teaching is kind of my point with all that. Um, and Renegade is doing really fabulous. Not all of my deals are doing as good as Renegade. I did a round turn in uh, south of there in LJ, North Georgia. The deck or the investor package, the property package that you send out to your investors we do syndications typically. We do a couple of JVs, but most are syndications. The deck read uh, either 18 and a half or 19 and a half projected return. Um, that ended up being 30% project, uh, to the actualized annualized return to the investor. So that was a great deal. Nothing like Renegade, but my investors are very, very happy with it. The, the value add there was number one, the expansion. Number two, the 30 to 4% below market. Number three, I do third party uh, management so I can eliminate that salaried, uh, her name was Melody, $36,000 right out of the gate. Now, I, of course, have to put in my my um, my 600 a month for my Patrick, my, my guy that shows up and does his thing and does the walkthroughs for copper. That being said, it's it's a model, and um, that was LJ. So, so your, your, model, your model is that you're, uh, for the most part, automated. You have a third-party management company handle the automation and the online marketing. And then you have uh, almost like a maintenance guy, but boots on the ground at about 600 a month per facility. So with yep. with just briefly on, on Renegade, and then we'll move on. On Renegade, what did you buy it for about? And I know you might not remember the exact numbers. I don't always. But would you buy it for? And what's it going to be worth uh, when you do this final expansion? I think it was 2.247. It was a weird number because I kept, I mean, yeah. I was going crazy. The seller and I laugh about that now. Um, I think I paid 2.3-ish, and it'll probably sell for between five and a half and six. I say that because I want to be safe, but it's yeah. probably going to be six. 
You no, put bought it for two point three, probably put what another million, million and a half in it, and then no. it's not that much. Then... No, I'll do a just a quickie here. It's uh it's gonna be done complete for under a million. Um, so you probably got three million in the deal and you've created the two and a half million probably in equity. Yeah, that sounds about right. A little little over three at the most. Um mm-hmm. It was it was basically 100% occupied when we got it. Now, have you been um, finding? Have you been finding with the mom and the pops you're dealing with that you see a lot of properties that are under market in terms of rental rates, poorly managed? Uh, my experience is these mom and pops get very complacent with their cash flow that they're getting, and they just don't want to rock the boat. And they leave so much money on the table. And over the years, they just, I don't want to say they get lazy, but they get lazy. I, I absolutely, um, again, I'm not dealing in Boston or LA. I'm dealing in two, yeah. four, five, and six right. markets. And that is, that is absolutely what I see all the time. Not some of the time, all the time. And if you think about it, you and I might do the same thing. We're there every day. We're we're kicking back in our chair and, you know, your tenant rolls up. Hey, Mark. Hey, Chris. Hey, Bobby. How's the boat? How's the fishing? Great. Guy's paying 95 bucks. He's kind of our friend. I don't feel like raising his rates. So we don't. So he's at 95 bucks. Everyone else is at 135. And this industry is extremely stick. It's just a really sticky asset class where these people are really uh, dedicated, especially people like, you know, some of the future stuff that, that I'll be looking at rv stuff um i'm an rv owner and i'm sticky i'm not going to move my rv's location just because my rent went up 10 bucks so since you've gotten going and you did renegade that was your first one how many uh self-storage transactions have you done somewhere between 12 and 15 and there's we currently have three in contract 12 and 13 and three in contract so what is the, I don't want to say the secret to your success, but that's a lot of transactions. So I have a team. We, I have a great team. I have a great team and just stick to the basics. Tell me a little bit about your team. In your class, um, uh, another great thing about your class, I met Terry in your class, another student of yours at the same class that I took. But then the that's, follow-up, you all started connecting, I think. Yeah. We had a follow-up sessions. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that. that's what it was. That. Yep. Yeah, I think Terry tagged along on some of that stuff, and I did, and then a bunch of others did, and then yeah, somehow we just connected. So Terry's been my um my partner in crime for a while now. Um, ever since he was actually part of LJ. Um, uh, so to answer your question about my team, it's not that big of a team. It's just that I do third party management, which means I can basically delegate all of that. So I'm not going there and 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 putting up a sign that says manager needed that's a lot of work so it's also a profit center as you know you you, you go and do that and you you can you have ancillary revenue you got boxes and locks and tape and and there's nothing wrong with that that's just you know that's just to me that's a lot of work and um, um but my team consists of bernice um who does a lot of the she's like my partner but she does mostly my my assistant work if you're going to label what does she do she kind of assists me in everything, made sure it was on this call. <laughs> we also have um, two new employees for a month ago. We hired uh, Mackenzie in California. 
and Vonda, who comes to the house in Columbia, banking, um, going to the P.O. box. So I would say administrative support. And then Mackenzie in California does a lot of my dashboard she builds. So I'm looking at, um, I want to see the numbers and then drive the ship. That's really what I'm focusing on. So Mackenzie helps with my dashboard and coming up with all the, the numbers that I need to track to make decisions on the assets, when to sell them, when to, when to do these different things that we do. So oh. it's not really a huge team. It's just that most of my deals come from off market and referrals. I told you about Renegade, the seller, Rick, who's my friend and investor now, Blue Ridge Storage Solutions uh, named Bill uh, called Rick, their friends. He goes, hey, tell me about this Bobby guy. <laughs> and Rick goes, why? He goes, well, I th- I, you know, we, we might want to sell our asset. And he goes, you don't want to talk to Bobby. You need to just call Chris. <laughs> so I gave Rick $10,000 finder's fee. So I got it. He said, I want, I want the appraised amount. And I said, well, show me the appraisal. Everything he has is brand new, brand new RV covered, brand new climate control on a ex- expandable asset to uh, six or no, eight acres in Blue Ridge. His prices are really high. They're 100% full. And um, I paid him the appraised value and gave Rick $10,000 finder's fee. So my deals come from, um, I was going to say odd sources, but just from yeah, good sources. They're off market or they're, they're just coming from referrals. So developing relationships. That's really important. Brokers are tough. I won't lie to you. Brokers are tough. We all, you know, get with a couple brokers and get the relationships and, but we all know that it's tough. Brokers are tough to get a, you're not going to get a hot deal. If you don't have any history, it's just not going to happen. But, but like you said, get in the business and then the deals come. You didn't drive how they came or where they came from, but they come and they come like crazy. And they've come, probably 12 or 13 with three or so under contract in a year or two period. That's, that's quite impressive. That's a lot of transactions. One kind of quick note about your investors. So um, you, you syndicate a lot of these just without going into a ton of detail, just say a little bit about how you syndicate and where you get the investors. And uh, it sounds like that's like, a main focus of yours in your role in the company. It, it is a lot of my interest comes in that, in that arena. I have a syndication attorney and you get a, a syndication attorney. It's, it's, it's not cheap, but they do what they, they do what they do. Um, and she'll draft up all your PPM and operating agreements and subscription agreements and um, all of the stuff that you need to, to be SEC compliant. And then you hand that to your investors with a deck or an investor package, property package. We all call it different things. Um, I call it a deck. Where do I find my investors? Some of them come from uh, my my past, my hedge fund uh, world, if you will. And then just some come from your typical friends and family, which, you know, I learn a lot from from what I call my gurus, my teachers, yourself, David Lindahl. Um, um, if you don't have it, you can go get it. I mean that literally, and I mean that truthfully. I yeah. didn't have, I didn't have, um, you know, in the beginning, I didn't have the money, didn't have the credit, didn't have the investors, didn't have any of this stuff. And and to buy a 200 unit, I don't care if it's an apartment building, a storage building, you have to have all these things. The banks are going to ask you for post closing liquidity, um, net worth, and experience in similar or same asset size. Okay, a 200 unit self-storage or apartment building. I didn't have that. I had the duplex. I had some other little stuff. 
did not have any liquidity and I didn't have any post-closing net worth. So yeah, I had to go find it. And it's, it sounds simple for me to sit here and say that. And it's not, it's, it's not simple. It's hard to do, but if you attack it and understand it and ask the right people, well, how do you do that? You you can learn how to do it and go do it. Well, it's Um, not hard. It just takes something. It takes something. Right. Right. You've got to get plugged into the right people. You got to network, you got to understand the industry, learn the industry and bring some value to the table and it'll, it'll fall in your lap. If you, if you hunt for it hard enough. Right. So what would you tell we'll be ending this soon? And I really appreciate, thank you for your time, but what would you tell somebody who's in there just getting started or in the, in their first boot camp or going to be in the next boot camp in November? What would you tell them that would, you think would make a difference in their success? The first thing I would say is stay plugged in, educate, educate, educate. Uh, I've said that before. I buy everything I can on self-storage. I read a lot. Find out what you want to do. What do you want to do? Do you want to buy expansions? Do you want to buy um, a piece of land and build your own little dividend check forever? What do you want to do? Get really extremely focused on that. Come up with your business plan, like Mark teaches. You're always been available, which I love. Um, I plugged into you, Mark. I mean, this is just a basic, I'm a perfect example. I bug you with, you know, hey, how did you scale? Hey, how did you, you know, how did you do your deal with this and that? And you're always, you know, I don't, I don't want to have everybody bug you, but that's what I did. I appreciate it like crazy. I joined up for the boot camp. First, I read your book and then joined up for the boot camp. No, that's not true. First, I asked you, first, I asked you for the underwriting. I was too cheap to pay for the boot camp. And then I said, this stuff's really good. And then I paid for the boot camp and then I met Terry and, uh, and all that stuff. So, um, cause I wasn't really sure. I wasn't really sure yeah. about this asset class. I'll be honest with you. It's like self-storage. I've been hearing about this my whole life. What's, what's the big deal? I mean, if it's that great, everybody's doing it probably. Well, it took me a long time to figure it out. And, um, I mean, uh, that's, it really did. It took me a long time to figure this all out, but I'm really glad I did. And I thank you for that. But to answer your yeah. question, I said, education, I get, stay plugged in and I don't know everything. I'm asking questions all the time. So you just have to ask. Nobody's going to get upset. Um, you just ask people and get a team. If you don't have it, build a team. Some people, I think some people, you know, they, they engineers, maybe, I don't know. They want to do it all themselves and they want to, you know, control everything. And, um, you know, I'm a student of mentors. One of my mentors is um, Richard Branson. He says, delegate everything you possibly can. So I really, really, really. So number one word, educate. Number two, mentors. And I guess that's kind of the same thing, isn't it? And three, um, delegate is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I mean delegate, but but um, control. Um, yeah, you don't you don't delegate accountability. You, you yeah, can't I, really, I mean, you can't delegate that away. But it's right. What I'd like to do is acknowledge you. You're someone who, who you are for me is someone that I've witnessed who takes action. You don't always know what the outcome's going to be. You don't always know exactly how you're going to get to your goal, but you will take action. And that inspires me. And I really acknowledge that about you. If In my world, if, if, if there is a um, some type of uh, characteristic 
that can predict success is the ability to take action even though you don't know all the outcomes and exactly how you're going to get that characteristic to a large degree in my world is is what uh has you be at 13 deals under you know and three more under contract or whatever that number is that allows for those kind of numbers and also you're i've seen you be flexible you went in to like renegade with a five-year plan but you real quickly saw that maybe we should sell it prices are good so you do you have the ability to pivot as the market shifts and i think that's a little bit about what you were talking about is you can make mistakes and still get a great return because if you're present and aware the pivoting because the key to success in life is often plan B or plan C. Yeah, to your point. And then once you started to load up on new deals that I had coming in, uh, as, as you see the, the Fed shift interest rates, that allowed me to shift and pivot and say, hey, guys, um, we are buying more deals. I am in acquisition. Well, true. I don't want to slow that down or stop that. However, if we can sell something, we can, you know, we can alleviate the stress of having, you know, all these deals without any income. And, you know, you have to make portfolio asset management decisions at all at the same time. And that's yeah. more about background, which I, which I really enjoy maximizing. Um, well, that's a corporate term, but maximizing shareholder value is like an AT&T thing, or it's a shareholder thing rather. Um, that's kind of what I do in this arena or this space for my investors. And it's just, um, it's, it's fun to do. And it's yeah. great. It's great making investors happy. I love that. My parents are both, retired uh, principal and teacher. So I love teaching and, 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 you know, educating my investors. And I love, I love giving those checks when they just, they weren't expecting that return and you're sending those checks out. It's a great feeling. And then they're right there for you. I mean, they're, that's, if you get that going, then you, the money will come out of the woodwork. I want to thank you for, you've been very generous with your time and your willingness to give back to other people and mentor people who are coming behind you. Uh, that shows me you have an abundance mentality that there's enough for everyone out there. And I thank you very much. You've been very generous with your time, man. And have fun. Tell your bride hello. And uh, <laughs> have fun up in Western South Dakota. North Dakota. North Dakota. Western North Dakota. Okay. We're, near the the we're near Theodore Roosevelt's... Uh parks we're about to head south to terry's place down in salt lake okay well have fun see you cool thanks buddy interesting interview wasn't it chris is quite a character quite a successful person there's a lot of things about chris that i really admire and really like and what's interesting is his partner that he talked about terry terry's in no way like chris they complement each other with strengths and weaknesses i'll try to have an interview with terry soon for you but anyway i hope this has inspired you
I also want you to know that just because one person's been successful in the self-storage business does not mean that everyone's going to be successful in the self-storage business. You have to apply yourself. You have to be willing to develop yourself as a business person and an entrepreneur. But I hope this has inspired you to let you know what's possible in the self-storage business. Not everyone approaches and designs their business like Chris, but you can design what's beautiful about this business for the small investor is you can design any business strategy that you want because there's room enough in this industry for all of us. So thank you very much. I look forward to being with you next week. And if you'd like to, again, if you'd like to find out more about the self-storage boot camp, click below and I'll see you next week. <music>